Hello, this is Jennifer Wolf Horsch, Executive Director of the International Association of Industrial Accident Boards and Commissions, also known as the IAIABC. Yes, I am aware some people call us the EIEIO Group. You are listening to the IAIABC's podcast, Accidentally, where we discuss issues and events impacting workers' compensation programs. During Accidentally, I will ask thought-provoking questions, raise awareness of emerging issues, and offer insights on workers' compensation. My hope is to make you think about workers' comp in a different way. You can listen or download our podcasts each month at iaiabc.org slash podcast. I keep passing along this link to my family and friends mostly so they understand a little more about what I do. Which brings me to today's topic. Workers' compensation is hard to explain. We welcomed a new member to our book club recently, and I dreaded when it was my turn for the what-do-you-do speech. Workers' compensation is pretty boring, especially when compared to pharmaceutical testing, fashion, and economic development. Yes, I'm lucky my book club is overflowing with smart women. Beyond my inner insecurity that I shy away from talking about workers' compensation troubles me. Most people have a negative first impression. Some comment, isn't that like Aflac? Or, my cousin got it and they made it really hard for her at work. Or, work comp costs a lot and is just for fakers. Workers' compensation might be a little like Affleck. Yes, you get paid if you can't work. And employers do have to pay for workers' compensation coverage. However, workers' compensation is more than an anecdote. Workers' compensation is central to the health, safety, and economic stability of U.S. workers and employers. When it was first introduced in the early 20th century, the number of workplace injuries and fatalities was startling. In 1907, Crystal Eastman, a researcher and a lawyer, began a one-year study of workplace injuries and illnesses in the Pittsburgh Steel District. In a year, 526 people died of work-related deaths and thousands more suffered injuries at work and this was in a single U.S. county. Families had few options. Eastman wrote, In over one-half of the deaths and injuries resulting from a year's work accidents, the employers assumed absolutely no share of the inevitable income loss. Not hardship alone, but hardship as an outcome of injustice, that is the situation. Public policymakers took notice, and state workers' compensation legislation was successfully passed in the years to follow. Workers' compensation was lauded as a grand bargain. Employers were gu- employees were guaranteed benefits, both medical expenses and wages, for injuries and illnesses arising out of the course of employment. 
Employers gained protection from negligence lawsuits and the uncertainty of large jury awards. This simple concept was and continues to be the foundation of workers' compensation in the United States. Injured workers do not have to worry about what benefits they were entitled to because they are defined in state law. Injured workers, many who do not have access to financial or legal resources, are guaranteed an impartial dispute resolution process. Employers purchase a workers' compensation policy and know their employees will be cared for. Workers' compensation served an essential social purpose, balancing the scales between an injured worker and their employer. Although many of the first laws were voluntary, the concept worked so well all but one state went to compulsory programs. This balanced equation results in stability and financial security, which is good for the U.S. economy and society as a whole. A century of progress has profoundly changed workers' compensation. Technology innovation has automated processes and found safer ways to build and deliver goods and services. Medical care has been revolutionized from handheld ultrasound devices to telemedicine. Injured workers have the better hope of recovery from an occupational injury or illness than ever before. These advances have dramatically lowered a worker's risk of being hurt at work. Less than two per 100 full-time workers had an injury or illness away from work in 2014. This is contrasted with a rate of five per 100 full-time workers with an injury in 1914. Workplace fatalities have fallen dramatically. Fatalities are now 3.3 workers per 100,000. This is contrasted with a rate of 61 workers per 100,000 in 1914. It is hard to measure how much of this success has resulted from workers' compensation policy alone. Changes in our economy, safety, medicine, technology, and more have certainly played a role. But workers' compensation has remained constant, providing stability and certainty in a time of rapid change. I wonder if workers' compensation has been a victim of its own success. With less injuries and many less fatalities, have workers and employers begun to take it for granted? Probably. Many employers buy a workers' compensation insurance policy, post a notice of coverage requirements, and forget about it until someone gets hurt. Injured workers are often left alone to deal with the claim administrator, unsure of their rights and confused by the legal language in letters and notices. Workers' compensation has been reduced to a paper trail. Increasingly within the industry, there are voices who urge realignment, advocating people before process and paper. I join those voices. When we put people first, we get back to the social purpose of workers' compensation. 
Within the industry, I encourage us to continue sharing stories of people, fathers who were hurt at work, daughters who helped prevent a potentially fatal accident, friends who recovered. These stories and the accompanying statistics of how many people in the industry serves, nearly 130 million U.S. workers, offer proof of workers' compensation's important place in our society. For me personally, I'm going to be less hesitant about saying I am in the workers' compensation business. Here is my new elevator speech. I advance workers' compensation policy solutions so individuals who are injured at work can recover and return to work with minimal economic loss. Workers' compensation is really about human rights. The right for you and your loved one to have health, safety, and security at work. I challenge you to think about your elevator speech keeping in mind the social purpose of workers' compensation. Together, we can preserve what has become a human right, one many of us forget until we need it. I continue this discussion in the IAIABC's new quarterly publication, Perspectives. Released in late April, the inaugural issue includes contributions on the theme Where is workers' compensation today? Thank you for listening to Accidentally, the IAIABC podcast series. Join me on future programs to learn about return to work, opt-out, and more current workers' comp topics. If you have ideas to share, I hope you will send me an email at jwolf at iaiabc.org. Find future podcasts at iaiabc.org slash podcast. Cheers.